0: let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. Always stay gracious. Best revenge be is your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay. All okay, ladies, right. Welcome to the Vaggistine Podcast. It's Vanessa here with Vaggistine where we're having courageous conversations about sex, relationships, and everything in between. And today I'm super duper duper excited because we have Brittany Oliver here. Brittany, introduce yourself.
1: (laughs) Hi everyone.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) Vanessa, thank you so much for, for having me on the show.
0: Yay! So Brittany um, is going to talk to us a little later. We're going to be talking about rape culture, victim blaming, street harassment. We're going to be talking about Nate Parker. I know I'm going to get tons of emails and comments and side eyes, but that's the risk I'm willing to take. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Donald today and so much more. So I'm super excited to have the expert in the room with me today. Um, but first, something that we do on Badgesteam, I know you're new, but we do sex news. So on sex news, I'm gonna tell you a few news stories. You wanna tell me your thoughts. So we're actually thinking about changing this segment. Um, so sex news is what I came up with, but a listener named Yodi. Asked if we could change it to Snatch Chat so we could vote on that. Um, (laughs) So this might be the Snatch Chat slash sex news segment. So let me know what y'all think. You tell me what you think all the time. So our first story, are you ready? Are you ready, Brittany? I'm ready. All right. So our first story is about um, injecting our own blood plasma into the clitoris. So um, there's this doctor named Dr. Charles Runnels, um, and he's called the Dr. Orgasm, and he's working out of a clinic in Alabama, and he's developed the O-Shot. And so apparently this is supposed to be a miracle injection that's supposed to cure incontinence and improve women's sex lives by injecting platelet-rich plasma from the patient's blood into the patient's clitoris. It's supposed to, uh, said, there's supposedly like 80% success rate. It's supposed to have these like mind, women are supposed to have like mind-blowing orgasms. They're supposed to orgasm quicker and stronger and have ejaculatory orgasms from this. Do you think this is real? Oh, by the way, it's not FDA approved. I don't know if, those, I don't know if that means anything, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what do you think about uh, Dr. Charles here?
1: <laughs> yeah, so this is the first time um I have commented on this but I have heard about this heard about this a little bit in the news. Really? I, I I think that you know <laughs> you know there is always some kind of uh some ritual or some type of medicine or injection or, or something that is supposed to help um Improve the sex lives of of folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think that if, if if there are women who are interested in um, in getting this injection, mm-hmm. I definitely think they should do it on their own, in, on their own terms. Yeah. Um. And you know that's basically where where it that's where it begins for me. You know, do it <laughs> right. on your own. If this is something you decide you want
0: to do, make right. sure it's on your own terms. <laughs> make sure you're grown. Make sure you know the risk. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I I mean, I don't know. I, I know there are things out there that the FDA hasn't approved that people are into. I just don't know how I feel about like a needle going into like mm-hmm. that area. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to say does it doesn't work because apparently there are claims that it does. But part of me is like, wait, so there's no other way to get this going. Do right. you have to? How big is the needle? Right. How long do you like? What does this process look like? So I have a couple more questions for right. Doctor Runnels. Right. No, I, I agree. I mean,
1: but you know when I when I think about other procedures that I've heard of mm-hmm. that sound scary, just mm. like this too. You're right. You know what? It, it makes me. To me, it, it says that the possibilities are endless. And um, again, if, if if women want to, if they feel as like though this is a good idea, they should definitely do it on, on their on their own terms. For sure. Um, and I would I would be interested in knowing, um, being as though it's not FDA approved, mm-hmm. I still think that that is a really that should be a question that you want to know. For sure. Why would you want to insert something into your body mm-hmm. that's not FDA approved? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know what is what does that say? What does that say about other? Right, other um, types of medicine or on the market
0: for sure. For sure, we got we, well. Well, when it comes to Baltimore, maybe <laughs> you know, maybe when the trial comes, <laughs> I'll be ready. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. So, mm-hmm. you ready for our next story? I'm ready. All right. So next, we have something called the little rooster. So the little rooster is an alarm clock vibrator for your pants, it, for your pants, see, not, not ring-a-ling-a-ling, <laughs> it's down there, so it has, it, the device has 27, like, levels of intensity, and for, like, the super-duper-duper duper hard sleepers out there, they got, like, five more levels of intensity to mm-hmm. get you going, so the way that it works is that a person wears it inside their underwear, um, and, uh, there's a vibrating leg that stimulates the clitoris and the labia. Um, it's about $56 mm-hmm. and they think this is the wave, the wave of the future of alarm clocks. So would you ever get the, the little rooster? You know, <laughs> just like the, in, the injection,
1: um, I I do not know for myself, but again, if women want to consent right, right, to right. purchasing this, right. um, you know, I I think that could um you know, just having full ownership and of your your body and <laughs> and your sexual desires and, and whatever that looks like. <laughs> Baseline for me, consent. To, you know, I see you. I see you, Brittany. Yeah. I see. I see you here. I think if, if yeah, if, 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 if women want to invest in that, and they, <laughs> you know, do it on your own terms.
0: I, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm with it. I'm with it. Clearly, again, there's. Um, I mean, there. Th- <laughs> Put this dollars, though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Are you going to wait? I want to know. Like, am I really waking up? Am I? Mm-hmm. Is this really doing anything? What if it just like fall? I, does it fall out? Like, mm-hmm. there's just so many technical questions here. I don't know. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna stick with the traditional mm-hmm. alarm clock. But again, it's out here. There's a market. There's a market for these things. So why not? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. not? Go ahead, little roosters. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm in your. I'm in your corner. <laughs> You do I'm, you. I'm here for you. You do you. If anyone needs a website, I got you. I got you. All right, you ready for the next story? I'm ready for the next story. All right, so there's a study that just came out where um, researchers have been examining 10 different countries. This includes the US, UK, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Japan, Iran, Brazil, and Sweden between 1990 and 2015. And basically, the studies showed that sex ed is negative, and it sucks, and um, researchers found that there were two big issues. One of them was that schools don't acknowledge that sex is a special subject, unlike math class or English, so it requires a little bit more finesse, and it requires just a, a different energy, I guess, and a different personality to actually teach it, Um, and a quote from the study was that they don't take into account that sex is potentially embarrassing and anxiety and and an anxiety uh, provoking topic and also they know that it could be awkward, painful and unsatisfactory for all involved. The second major problem is that um, a lot of the information is irrelevant, it's skewed towards heterosexual intercourse and there's little practical information so what they found was that kids want to learn more about like pros and cons of birth control They want um, qualified teachers that are not embarrassed And when I read the study, um, one of the kids has actually called out like one of their teachers And was like, yeah, she started to cry mm-hmm. And she made us really uncomfortable And kids also want to know more about pleasure and desire And female pleasure specifically was mentioned as one of the things kids wanted to learn more about So what do you think? How was your sex ed? or did you get any sex ed? I
1: honestly didn't uh, for as far as I can remember. I don't remember getting any a whole lot of sex mm-hmm. education and um I mean this study um is I think that it's it's interesting. I think that it it could be helpful um in some ways, but you know I mean I especially around issues of um you know when we're talking about sex and 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 culture and that sort of thing. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't get a lot of that when I was young, and I don't know. And and not just myself, a lot of other people right. didn't start, you know, with that. Right. Um. To, you know, let alone being taught it at home. So definitely, I definitely think that there needs to be continuing studies, um, for. But I have always been in favor of having a comprehensive sex education program, um, to help, uh, kids talk about these things and and, sure. and this is also different too based off of race when we're mm. talking about sex education okay um, now you know it, it is not it's not it doesn't look the same um based off of your um your your racial identity um who what group that you know you you identify with mm. your upbringing mm. your socioeconomic status definitely what kinds of information are you do you have access to do that you have is true access to. that is true um it that matters a great deal so i think that if we if there's going to be more studies there definitely needs to be more i think that isolating race in these studies would be helpful um so that people like us can can deal with these
0: issues in our in our communities mhm i see you yeah i mean i'm with you i didn't really i got i got quote sex ed in fifth grade and that was I mean, I went to a Catholic school, so it was really like, this Mm -hmm. is a man, this is a woman, Mm -hmm. that's it, like, there was no real, like, not even puberty, because at fifth grade, you're wondering about, like, all right, what's happening with my period, Mm -hmm. and, you know, what's what are these crushes all about, and those conversations were not really normalized, and as a sex ed teacher myself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I... I mean, it's kind of saddens me to know that across 10 different countries Mm -hmm. that, you know, don't talk to each other, they don't necessarily interact with each other, to know that everyone is saying the same thing as far as sex ed not being really useful or people aren't really trying to like give it the time and the space needed and and you know and what we're seeing here is that like kids want just real information and it just it's just kind of disheartening and this kind of leads to especially I can speak to the U.S. I know some of these other countries have different other policies but Mm -hmm. especially in the U.S. when we're talking about teen pregnancy and the rate of Mm -hmm. disease if you're not really trying to equip people with the right information then it's like well, duh, and mm-hmm. I, and and if it sucks, I don't want to sit in this class. So, what's mm-hmm. the what's really the point if you're not really trying to make it something that is one fun and something interactive and something that you know kids can definitely learn something real from since they're saying we want to learn more about specific things. So,
1: yeah. I mean, and you know, also too, um, you know, if you, if we want to talk about sex education, we also have to talk about, you know, kids want to know how it, how is it pleasurable mm. too, um, not only in, in addition to it being how to be safe. Right. Um, and just them, you know, using that to be able to figure themselves out. Um, I think at a young age, um, It would address a lot of issues with sexual harassment Mm -hmm. in schools, for Mm -hmm. example. Um, No one, you know, it would answer. I think that getting to the root of these problems would be able to answer a lot of questions um, and a lot of issues that we're dealing with today in Mm -hmm. society. I got to
0: send you out. I got to send you out here as a a sex and representative guru (laughs) out here. Awesome, (laughs) awesome, awesome. All right. So speaking of sex ed and everything in between, I called on you today uh, because, and I'm really excited. It's been a long time since I've been trying to get with Brittany. She's one of those people. You know how you have those people that you admire from afar and you're like, wait, how am I going to, how am I (laughs) going to talk to them? So I found, I thought this was the perfect timing because I've been getting tons of questions around all of these new things that have been happening in the news. We've had Nate Parker, we've had Brock Turner getting out of prison. Recently, we had the gem, Donald Trump talking about grabbing pussies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we've had so much more. And so I know that you do a lot of this work. And so I wanted to bring you in to hear your thoughts and give us another perspective on just a lot of the things that have been happening. But before we jump in there... Tell us more about what you do and why these topics are of interest to you as well. Sure. Um so I um
1: I like to describe myself as a, as a women's rights activist, most importantly a black women's rights activist. Wow. Um in in Baltimore, I'm born and raised here. Um, issues affecting and surrounding women has been something that I've been interested in since is since being really young, mm-hmm. um, I was raised by my mother and my grandmother um, and saw the dynamics that came into play um, when my father wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, so it motivated me to focus on women and, and uplifting and empowering women, um, not only for myself, mm-hmm. but using my voice to help other others as well, um, and understanding that my blackness makes a difference in when we're talking about feminism or women's empowerment Mm or you know there's like 10 different terms for it um (laughs) but um so i do a lot of work in baltimore around around that by day i work at the aclu of maryland Mm -hmm. um and it's a if you're not familiar it's a civil rights organization um I am co-director of Hollaback Baltimore. Whoa! I became co-director probably about two years ago. I started out as a volunteer, and Hollaback really gave me a way, it, it gave me a way to talk, to talk more and be able to zone, mm-hmm. zone, be able to focus more into gender issues Definitely. specifically. Um, and and was
0: Hollaback? Hmm. What's Hollowback for those who don't know? Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Hollowback Baltimore is an uh, anti-street harassment organization. Um, we advocate on behalf of women in the LGBTQ community. Um, and we connect street harassment it, as a piece to a larger puzzle of institutional sexism, which is a term that a lot of people don't hear. Mm-hmm. Often, and that's why I'm here.
0: Oh, huh. <laughs> Big words I This is not even SAT words. this' college words. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited, I'm super duper duper excited that you're here. So I said that the show was about rape culture, and of course, I know you speak from that lens and also from a street harassment lens. So how do you define how do you define rape culture? So the
1: way that I define rape
0: culture um, basically a baseline
1: starting with with, with consent is um, consent basically is you know uh, giving permission for someone to touch your body Mm -hmm. in whatever way that is and so bridging to rape culture you know their you know history has has told us us over and over again that women don't have access don't Mm. have autonomy um within their bodies Mm. Um, not just in the United States but globally Right. Um, and so there's this culture that that is okay um, and speaking out against that culture there comes consequences, those consequences of speaking out against what the status quo is is that you get attacked online mm-hmm. and these are things that I've experienced from becoming an activist on these issues Right. you get attacked online you get called angry and you know it just goes goes down the line, um, you know, just for you speaking out against the status quo, which is very interesting because when being a black woman and yeah. talking about my blackness, mm-hmm. I don't get the same response. Mm.
0: Mm. Okay, Brittany. Okay, I see where you're trying to go here. <laughs> I see where you're trying to go here. So in that same lens, I wanted us to talk about, you know, these popular... Things that have been talking about. And I think I'm going to start with Nate Parker because that's the biggest one that's been happening. So with Nate Parker, if folks don't know, he's director, actor, executive producer on a new movie that just came out, Birth of a Nation. He wrote the movie with his college roommate, bestie, uh, Jean Celestin, who went to Penn State with him. Um this was Birth of a Nation was supposed to be a really big awesome blockbuster oscar worthy movie that was supposed to drop and um what ended up happening was the he had some he had a rape accusation from 1999 surface from his Penn State days and there's just so many thoughts here uh a lot of people think it's Because the movie came in, like, number six, a lot of people are saying it was the rape accusations that hurt him. Some folks are saying it's petty black feminists online that hurt him. Uh, And I've just been seeing so much back and forth on my Facebook, just questions that people ask me about not really knowing where to place the feelings and i i i think this is so big i can't i can't even tell you so here's my thing when i saw nate parker like a few weeks ago at a gala i went to and they showed the trailer and i was like yeah yeah yes i am feeling it and he was on stage like we're telling we're telling our stories we're doing this and i was like yes i'm I'm with it. Let's do it, Nate Parker. And then, like, and I was taking pictures. You know what you do? You Like, you take pictures. i was like, this is bomb. This is great. And then, like, a week later, I was like, oh, shit, I got to delete these pictures because that's when, oh, <laughs> that's when all of these things started coming out and... For me personally, and again, like my point of view is like, I'm not going to poo poo you if you watch the movie, if you want to see the movie, like that's your prerogative. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, after just like thinking and just thinking about where I want to put my investment, my line is it's, it's, I mean, my line's a lot of things, but my line is rape, my line is racism, my line is xenophobia. Like, I have different lines with different people, and so. When these things came out, instead of Nate being like, "All right, you know this happened or didn't whatever the story was, he was not very empathetic, he was not sorry, he wasn't really doing a good job of representing himself in the media, and I mean, I think that's where the downfall was, so i I'm choosing not to spend my money because for me. I feel that whenever it comes to cases like this with Nate Parker or anyone else, we got the R. Kelly's of the world. We have the Bill Cosby's of the world, Mike Tyson's, OJ's of the world. Whoever, when it comes down to these folks and these people and the responses I've been seeing online, it's to our detriment. Whenever we, I, feel, I personally feel that when we support these people, it's to our detriment because we're always saying, all right, well, can we let this person be great for five minutes because they're doing X, Y, or Z, or they're the greatest in this. They're, you know, we we have to have this representation. And it's like, wait, one is enough going to be enough? And for me, I can't make another person richer. I can't make him richer with my money, and showing him that this is okay for me. So personally, for me, withholding my money and not seeing it is my mini protest. Is how I'm showing that that's the rape is the line for me. And I'm sorry, I can't. I can't so I can't support this. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I said a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's great. Um and you're on you're on point with what I'm thinking. Um, so if anyone knows me, I am very I'm known for not spending money money where I don't feel my needs are being met. Mm. Um Birth of a Nation is not the first movie that I've decided to not go see or spend my money. Straight out of Compton was oh, another true.
0: movie. Oh, true! I forgot about that one. Um,
1: you know, and not just with movies and entertainment; just everyday like things that yeah. do not serve my purpose as a black woman in this country. Yeah, you're not getting my money. Right, and that's okay. Yeah, um, because not everyone has everyone has choices of, of what they want to do. Right. I think for me, um, people who decide that they still want to see the movie, I'm I've, I've always, ac- you know, I I encourage if you want to see it. Go and spend your money and go and see it right for those who don't, let us do that right um, because we have our reasons for for wanting to for wanting to do that. Um, I think that the biggest mistake of this entire uh, you know of this story generally is um, is not not wanting to address uh, rape and and rape culture because not only was it not only was rape culture Um, embedded in the story, but it was also a part of uh, Nate Parker's uh, past, and it's also current, obviously. Um, And a lot of people are talking about, you know, he's been acquitted, uh, so if he's been acquitted, then why is it still an issue well, George Zimmerman was acquitted of um, killing Trayvon Martin. Okay, now, but we're still asking
0: questions in 2016. About, Not nan one black person mm-hmm. thinks George Zimmerman is 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 innocent of right. anything. Right. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> given given that he has been acquitted, it's it's like okay, if you wanna if you wanna believe in the legal system and you wanna believe that the criminal justice system is just, right, right, I'll give you that. Yeah. However. His mistake, and with, and and not just his, but just his team, yeah. is that they tried to ignore and push this issue aside, as if it wasn't going to erupt right. in in the in the end. Um, and you know, um, rape is something that is a part of our. If we're talking about black liberation. Mm-hmm. Which uh, he talks a lot about on his tours mm-hmm, right now, yeah. Right, you have to be able, you know, I, I, I can understand it being frustrating, I understand you him um, spending a lot of time and, and energy on trying to make this breakthrough movie, but what the mistake that he made is just not addressing it, not yeah. addressing the roots that was a part of it. And black women, we're, you know, I think that a lot of black women are, are becoming more conscious of the fact that we're tired of being cast as, as secondary we're tired of our issues um, being sidelined mm-hmm. um, in the name of, of in the name of, of liberation. So I think that what's happening right now to Nate Parker and his movie, I think this sets this sets the stage. This this is what the future will look right. like. Right. You you you're, um, you know what you're advocating for in terms of black liberation. Liberation. It needs black women need to have a seat at the table.
0: Or else. <laughs> or else your movie's not going to come in number one. Um, I, no, I, I, I totally hear you. And I mean, I've seen this stuff on my social media. I've seen this stuff on your social media, of course. And it's like, I, I've been, I was like, you know, what? I'm waiting for somebody to come at me on some, you don't love black man. You want to put the black man down. It's like, no, 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 boo boo. I'm married to a black man. I I love a black man. I Mm -hmm. have a father that's a black. Like, I love black men. This is not about that. But guess what? I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. And, Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And guess what? I don't know Nate Parker. And the thing is, the way that people are going hard for him, Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, like, you don't know him. Mm -hmm. You do not know him. I don't know him. I'm not even going to pretend to know him. So I don't know why we feel so just personally attacked when somebody Mm -hmm. says whether they're going to do something or not do something. Mm -hmm. I am not that invested in Nate Parker but I am invested in what he's saying and to me there was an article that came out in the Very Smart Brothers article and they called Mm -hmm. him a fuckboy which I'm going to call all the guys that we are talking about today. Fuckboys because it's like I read this article yesterday in the New Yorker and I was trying to do my research and you know make sure I had you know all my thoughts together and apparently when great debaters came out where i saw some people's Mm -hmm. like tweets were like well if you love great debaters and you love what other romance movie he was in then you need to shut the f up and it's like (laughs) no right now we saw i know now the thing is there's a there's a difference between not knowing and just being like yeah sure this is a great actor and like Mm -hmm. he's saying great things even though he's been Saying homophobic and not the greatest things in the past as well, but we've been like, all right, really probably had a slip of the tongue. We're going, we're going to just like ignore it. Mm-hmm. But he said in an article in 2007, "I hope this never comes to light again. I never want to talk about this again." Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight: you poured your heart and soul into a story, you made the movie, you got the backing. And brother, you could not get yourself in order to be like, you know what? I got to get these talking points in order. I got to get my face together. I got to do X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm dressing this because if the story needs to be told and it's as important as we've all been saying that it needs, he's been saying that we've, the peers around me have been saying it needs to be told, then why the hell did you not take the time? And put your resources where it needs to be. You knew it was com- You knew this day was coming. <laughs> and I, I've had friends tell me, well, you know, y'all just want to go around looking for stuff. And it's like, no, we're not looking for things. This has been on his Wikipedia page. And just like anything, for instance, for me, I don't go looking on people's Wikipedia page unless they're doing something really magnificent. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that when this movie dropped, people were like, oh, I want to know this dude's story. Like, this is dope. Let me check him out. And boom, this was there. I don't know if there was any plot to bring this story down. Mm -hmm. And my example is, for instance, I never would have looked up Simone Biles (laughs) from the Olympics if she wasn't, like, right. super awesome and super big and, like, winning all these gold medals. And what I did was, oh, I want to hear about the Simone Biles story. Let me go Google her and read through her Wikipedia page. So this is what people do. People want to be invested. This is this is the kind of Hollywood culture we have in this country. We want to be invested in stars' lives and know everything about them. Well, this has been there. Mm-hmm. Nobody blew this up or threw it in there and was like, oh, I'm just corroborating the story. It's been there. And he did Zero. Like you did nothing to prepare for. And it just it it just blows my mind that he had zero preparation.
1: Yeah. I I mean,
0: I think that, you know, you could
1: you know, you you could. what's interesting is that the same when you in comparison to Donald Trump. Yeah. Right. Because Donald Trump has been doing what he's been doing. (laughs) You know, for a really long time. Right. And, um, you know, it took for him to say, it took for him to run for president of the United States to say the comments that he has been saying. Mm-hmm. And now you have, you know, um, you, you, there have been more allegations of him, um, you know, assaulting women and yeah. that sort of thing. You have more and more and more w- and women coming, coming up. So what I thought was interesting was that when it was about Donald Trump doing it, it's like, yeah, you know, Donald Trump. He's a white man. <laughs> he's in higher position. He's in a very, right. very high position of power. Yeah. He's rich. Yeah. Um, you know, this country uh, rewards uh, men for misogyny, mm-hmm. and if if there is not one person that is a perfect perfect example of that, it would be Donald Trump. How interesting the conversation changes when we're talking about a man of color, yeah, um, who do who perpetuate um, the same type of um, problematic behavior. And I want to be clear about something because I've had I had a conversation with a close friend recently, male friend, um, about this. I want to be clear that no matter what kind of language whether whatever language white men use, mm-hmm. whatever type of language that black men may use, um, or any other man of color, yeah. in order to talk about women's bodies, it always feels the same. Yeah, And I say that because I think that sometimes um, men who look like me get confused about, um, about the intersections of racial and sexual oppression um, for black women,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it may, it, you may talk about it differently. Um, your circle might, might, you know, might talk about women's bodies in, in a separate way. That's not, that doesn't sound the same as Donald Trump's. But when I hear that this is the way that you are talking about my body yeah. and commenting, um, on how I look, um, the hurt is still there. And it hurts even more because you are a brother and you look like me. Yeah. Um... So I think that this just serves as a very prime example of um, of what not to do. Um, these are issues that we have to that we have to deal with. Right. Um, it's going to get messy. It's going to be messy, and we have to deal with that
0: messiness. Right. Um. And and do it in a sincere way too. Like this is why you have a PR team to help you. Yeah through the mess and I don't know if he just has a shitty TPR team or if he was like guys <laughs> I got this mm-hmm. and then you just went on Last good morning t- America He even had like a thing in Ebony where I tr- I tried I tried but even the interviewer in, in Ebony was like so wait she, he, she whoever it was she was trying to help him along and mm-hmm. he was still saying problematic things even though he was supposedly clear about I've reflected on my experience, he was still saying things like, yeah, well, I'm, you know, he would use these key words. And I think that someone was helping him. He would use things like mm, toxic male culture. And I was like, all right, all right I see, you know, <laughs> like you, you did some reading, you, you thought through it, but then he'd say things like, yeah, but you know, as a guy, you are trying to be out here and you're trying to, you know get at get get at your body count and do all these things and it's like wait wait, wait hold on a second or did you read like what are you mm-hmm. what are you doing it's just like every time he opened his, and i'd rather him have not done any interviews mm-hmm. and something that i picked up from the very smart brothers article was like no one's trying to do this to you everyone with like tyra said we, we've been rooting for you you just <laughs> we were out here we were rooting for you like Mm -hmm. we wanted you to win so bad but it's like every time you opened your mouth it was like Mm -hmm. wait wait
1: a second right well well, well, two things that make me that made me think about one thing is that first impressions are everything Mm. um i i know that i'm a person who i do i work a lot um i don't watch a lot of television Mm -hmm. I did hear about *Birth of a Nation*. Yeah. Um, but the very—I'll tell you—the very first interview that I saw him do on *Good Morning America*, and this was before I even had—I had heard about his movie. And and to be honest with you, I have been uh, exhausted of of movies um, that that exploit our culture and our history in terms of slavery. Um, I've been I've been exhausted of watching things like that mm-hmm. on television. But, um, when I saw the first interview that he he did, and he was just very dismissive of addressing that of that issue, that was my first impression mm-hmm. of him. That's true. He, for me personally, he messed up the first impression, and so that that plays into question is who who does Nate Parker feel that he is accountable to?:
0: Okay, now, okay, maybe you should have been on his PR team, maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because he in that moment he did not feel that he was accountable to black women yeah and that's why that the movie went down the way it did and I also want to point the second thing I wanted to point out is how Nate tried to, and his team, tried to take this movie and, you know, because you have the, you, ha- you have Black Lives Matter yeah. happening right now. That's true. And trying to tie what's happening in the film, um, which is, it is a part, is a part of our history, it's a part of our culture, it's a part of who, who we are um, in the story. However, Black Lives Matter, I'm wondering, did he forget that that, that the movement was started by three queer, three black queer women? Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Just gonna... Did he contact... He's just trying to blow up the comment section right now? <laughs> <laughs> did he contact... Did he contact getting in touch with them? Yeah. To, you know, have you been listening? Are you, are you listening?
0: You know what, and you posed a great question because his newest trailers now um, have in, like, have had imagery of Black Lives Matter coupled with the imagery in the movie, mm-hmm. which, of course, like we all said, we've been rooting for you, so we all thought it was dope, but mm-hmm. it's like, We can't be, like, we can't be silent and your sorry ass excuses are just, are just, are just ridiculous and fine. You don't know how to talk about it and that's okay. But we're in America here and that's what I realized. In America, we don't even care that your apology is really sincere. We just want a well-crafted damn apology and that's, And I'm not saying that that was needed for me, but Mm -hmm. for the people that clearly can't make up their minds or what have you, or a quote against him, you couldn't even even show up with an apology. And you've got, and then then when he's like, I have said, you know, I've said I'm sorrowful for the, you know, and I can't, and I usually use the word survivor, but in this instance, this woman has committed suicide. She's not here to stand up for herself. And so I'll say, you know, victim slash survivor of, of the violence that happened can't, like, she, she's not here. She can't Mm -hmm. speak up for herself. And so he's framed, even in his apology quote, he's framed all like, even that her suicide, her downfall around himself. And the thing that makes me sick is that he keeps throwing, he has five daughters. Apparently he Mm -hmm. has his wife. He got Gabrielle union. He's throwing every single woman out in the front for him to basically show how good a man he is and i brought this up to another friend and she's like well look how like he's turned around his life he's acting that's what's up but like people usually can get over something mm-hmm. and be like oh that's what's up you're turning your life around if you're able to if you're able to show up and do the say and do the things that make people feel like, all right, this dude is empathetic. Mm -hmm. He's fully understood what the problem was. And on top of that, it's even greater for you because you didn't go to jail. Now you have a platform and a voice Mm -hmm. to say, listen, and we're all 19. And I know, and we were all 19 and I know Mm -hmm. on different campuses, words like consent and (laughs) being drunk and all of those things didn't really have meaning for people, especially for him 17 years ago. But Now you can use your platform and your freedom as a voice, as a, as a, as a, a platform to really have this conversation. And he, it seems like it's just been like this up and down cycle. One minute he's like, man, that sucks. I'm really sorry about this. And the next minute he's Mm -hmm. arguing, arguing on (laughs) good morning America to the point where I cringe because it was like, dude, uh, why do you keep
1: doing this? It it sounded like he wasn't prepared.
0: It sounded like
1: he um it, I would I would be interested in knowing how did they what was you know, what were the logistics behind behind getting him to come on the show because yeah. he just sounded he just sounded unprepared. Mm. And I don't know who his PR person is. Um, you know, but you know, another thing is that these um these one dimensional um, you know, patriarchal views of, of male centered heroism is it's it's going out of style. Oh. It's It's not, it's not popular (laughs) and, you know, and, and I think that we, we have to start moving in ways where we are actually accountable to each other, um, and changing the ways of what, of what, you know, black lives matter and black liberation looks like because if black lives matter, all of, all of us matter Um, and we are, um, you know, we're, we're black and we are we are we are
0: kin yeah. globally
1: um, and locally because of that. But if we are not addressing um, and talking about how discrimination can happen based off of um, you know other your other identities in terms of your gender and sexuality, um, your your class, um, your your ability, mm-hmm. um, and you know we we have to talk about these things, or you're, we're going to get more examples. You know, like I like this moving moving forward.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And so some, (laughs) some, some like final thoughts on Nate Parker that I have, and some myths that I wanted you to help me dispel. I think, (laughs) I think a couple of the major key points that I've seen has been like, man, we're just bringing them down. Uh, Let the record show, Nate Parker made his money, y'all. He made he made his money, and when you're talking, the thing that resonates with me when you're saying the Black Lives Matter thing, the thing is, is that we keep talking about like systems and we're being oppressed, and uh, I can't support X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Y'all, Fox bought the damn movie. Fox, remember Fox, who's racist, and remember Fox, who likes to put our bodies out there. Remember Fox, who hates Mexicans. Like, do y'all remember that that conglomerate basically bought? The movie, so, first of all, Nate Parker's paid. Like, he's paid. He got $11.7 million, which is apparently the highest, um, I think it's the, the most expensive movie that has been ever been sold at uh, Sundance. And then Fox went back around and made $7.6 million. And who cares? Fox is going to make, who mm-hmm. Fox is rich. Mm-hmm. Fox is rich. And Fox cares not one damn thing about you. So when you're saying, like, I got to support him, He's been supported, y'all. Like, he's been supported, like, you know, the way you can help him out is going on his Facebook and giving him some talking points on what rape is, what rape culture is. That's how you can help him now. But the thing is, we're still supporting a system that's still putting us down. So as much as you're saying that we're putting him down or the articles I've seen, hashtag petty black feminists are putting him down. Like, no, you're still supporting a system that puts all of us down and that system is still Fox. So to me, that's number one. Number two, if you, did, if you don't believe, and that's fine. Again, I wasn't there. Brittany was there, wasn't there. We don't know that he did not rape this woman. You need to go read his court transcript because he, the court transcript shows that he and his co-writer of the movie were still stalking this woman. They um, sent friends out to harass her, try to get her not to show up to court, et cetera, et cetera. And so what about those acts? Maybe Maybe rape isn't egregious for you, but what about showing up and having this girl drop out of school because you couldn't take somebody accusing you of something? And so there's that, but... Something I wanted to highlight is the court case says she was drunk, but consented to sex with Parker. And that's how he got off. And also, he got off, but his friend who was in the, in the room did not get off. He served four years in prison. So what about that guy? Y'all keep glossing over that guy. But the, I say that's a myth because with being drunk, you cannot give consent. So so if a person is drunk, high, sleeping, passed out, they can't give consent. So basically that jury that let them go, um, what we're seeing from the analysis is that he couldn't have been let go because because his side of the argument was they've had sex before. And because someone has given consent before does not mean they give consent at all the time and does not give consent every single time. So... She was drunk. There's no consent there. So let's just check that one off. Let's just check that one off the box. Um, our second myth is that survivors lie. They just want that cheddar. Have you heard of that? Have you ever heard of that one? I've,
1: I've, I've heard of that many times before. I've heard of it many times before. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just another, another cop-out yeah. way of not addressing the problem. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I um, mean, not not wanting to address the roots of the of the issue, and you know, going you know going back to the first myth, you know does does uh, you know does giving does police officers have a need a reason to go and kill someone, murder someone mm-hmm. because they have smoked weed or they use um, you know PCP or you know no absolutely absolutely right. not
0: right right absolutely not right exactly. Exactly. So with that, we know, this is research, y'all, I didn't make it up, only two to eight percent of survivors of rape crimes have been lying about it. Because guess what? There's nothing to gain from coming forward. We know that, one, folks will never believe you. And look at what we're doing now, even though this woman's, you know, she's deceased we're still being like girl, but you shouldn't have been up in there. We say this to women who are still alive that that haven't that have come forward and haven't come forward that well you shouldn't have been there, you shouldn't have been drunk, you shouldn't have done x y and z. And so there's really nothing to gain by coming forward and only about 3% of of um rape cases actually make it to court. So you're going through a whole ordeal knowing good and well that people are not going to believe you. So to say that people are lying, that's just false. So there's, there's your myth. Um, (laughs) my favorite Brittany, he was, he was tried and acquitted. Why can't we just leave him alone? Why can't we just leave him alone?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's one, you know, it's, it it leaves me speech speechless yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, just given the work um that I've just I've been able to do, especially around um, you know, working at the you I know, do work on a lot of work around police accountability. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it, it, it's if I was to use those same questions, yeah, you know, there would be an outrage right. um, you know, of uh, you know, this officer got off, so why would we just leave him alone? I can't. You know, and um, I mean, there there are a, a couple things that I I think that I that makes me also think about. And in the first myth that you mentioned was about uh, was about structures. yeah, and how Fox News bought out the movie, yeah, and how they made their money too, yeah. I will say that when it comes to um, the structures that's in in our country, those are institutions yeah. is what I'll use. Yeah. Those institutions are not are not owned or being operated by Black folks, yeah. And so that gives people, white people who are in power, to be able to tell our stories, make decisions, tell our narratives, and that sort of thing. So it is unfortunate that Nate Parker and many other, um, you know, producers or directors, so yeah. just black people yeah. in the entertainment industry generally right. have to have to deal with that. Have right. to in order in order to have your um, your project seen. Right, you have to have. You have to have it go through you have to have support of white folks yeah. who want to control the messaging, they want to control the, the just all of the production. Right. So I will will give us that. However, um, you know, it's still not an in not an excuse. Um and, and you brought up a great point. Yeah. Of, you know, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't know that about mm-hmm. about that fox bought yeah, out out that movie. So that raises other questions, that talks about other questions too. Yeah. Um and, you know, and, and when people are using the the excuse, well, this white, this person, uh, Brock Turner, for example. Oh, God And other, because there are Brock Turners running around everywhere. We got the Brock Ooh. Turners, right.
0: Allie, um, Woody, Woody
1: Allen, Allen, Allen. Mel, Mel Gibson. Right. <laughs> what, about, you know, what about the white male rapists? You know, they were able to, to get away. And it's, it's just like,
0: <laughs> does that make it right? Does it make
1: it okay? Um, you know, is it, th- does... Um, you know, saying that the white male rapist got away with it, um, you know, you're basically saying that our humanity needs to take a backseat. Right.
0: Like, why know? can't y'all just be quiet for these five minutes? Mm-hmm. Because Mel- who the hell's watching Mel Gibson movies? Like, we—Mel <laughs> well, Gibson—I think Mel Gibson's done. He's an anti-Semite. Like, he's—just he's, he's, so many things. Like, nobody was checking for him anyway. Right. And— People do say things when Woody Allen puts out a project or comes out. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, those voices aren't always the loudest, but they're there. We may not want to listen to them because we don't like to do things that don't make us feel good. So,
1: I mean, there's definitely a way that we can have these, we can continue, we can have these conversations in a way that will be accountable to who is being affected. Right. We can talk about Woody Allen. Yeah. We can talk about Nate Parker. Yeah. We can talk about race. Yeah. We must also talk about gender. Right. And we must also make sure that we understand how those things intersect. And yeah. if we're not moving in that fashion, we're gonna have we're gonna have pitfalls and we're gonna have missed opportunities right. where we can really unite and empower yeah. one each uh, um, each other yeah. to being able to tackle these issues. And then lastly the um the I you mentioned earlier the black feminists. Yeah. Um and how there's this there's this joke going around yeah. that the black feminists are yeah. the ones, you know, we've done it. And I, I personally identify as a black feminist. Do you do you, do you identify as petty black feminist? I'll just you know, you know, I you know, people call me petty all the time, and I don't, I've never seen anything wrong with it. So, um, you know, with the with the with that in particular, you know, it, it makes you it makes you wonder. It's like all it took was a couple of tweets. And we were so powerful; we were able to bring down one. We were able to bring down one movie. I can't. I mean, that's just so ridiculous. I can't. I, uh. That's just so. That's just so ridiculous. And the only reason why um, I think that there have been this blame against women, there also number one too, there are some roots into that, like yeah. roots into shaming black women who yeah. identify as feminists yeah. because it it questions the um, the very the notion of what our existence is supposed to be. Right, that our sexual, um, our sex dictates yeah. how we move through society. Right. Anyway, And when you start questioning those things, yeah, that's when you get some people that are that are upset. Um, so if people want to give that, want to give that, victory to Black feminists,
0: I, I, I'm not mad. Just a few tweet, girl. I ain't got time. I ain't got time. All it took for me was a tweet. For me to just post that Facebook article, that Facebook article I posted, I can't, I can't, I can't. I guess my last to bring it all home for Nate Parker, can you separate the artist from the art?
1: I personally, um, I cannot. Uh-huh. I cannot separate the artist from the art um, because that's just not how I, how I, you know, I take in things. Uh-huh. Um, I wear my, I wear my. I, I, for me personally, the personal is, is political. Yeah. I know is that sound that might sound cliche to some people i've I've been in discussions where people don't think that that is the case, but as a black woman living in America, you know everything that i do yeah um who you know what I do, where i am um what i get you know, everything makes up it makes my up in my entire existence, and the world treats me you know, the world the way that the world in our society treats black women. The way we move through we move through it, ma- it, it matters yeah um so i for me i can't um you know i, I again that first impression with him
0: it wasn't it wasn't it just didn't resonate you. with
1: me <laughs> and this was before i even saw the movie yeah um so he and, and so some people can separate the art yeah. um from the yeah. what is the art yeah, the artist yeah um you know but for me um until we until we do the work necessary um, to where we can we can address those issues in a unified way, and I won't feel me and other women yeah. won't feel like our needs are not being sidelined yeah. in the name of liberation. Yeah. Until that day comes, I'm going to continue to protest and take a stand and speak against the things that are that will that continue to oppress me every day.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I I can't, and it's funny because. I had someone write on my wall and say, like, all right, well, you going in on Nate Parker, then give up Tupac. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. I ain't got no problems doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Like, you give me... For me, it's like when you know, you know now. Like, I can't walk around in ignorance anymore. Guess guess what? I ain't downloading no more Chris Brown songs. Like, <laughs> for me personally, for me personally, I can- especially if a person can't acknowledge or do the work, then no, I can't support you. And I and, and I think what's, what strikes the chord so much with me is that because in this country, we do not believe survivors of assault, we don't believe survivors of rape, et cetera. No one's ever there for them. I'm choo- I'm choosing through whatever my means are to show up. And that's not to say that Once a person does something, they're always that. Or once a person is labeled as something, they're always that. I don't believe in that. But the thing is, is that we also just don't... I I think just in our society in general, we don't have a way for people to be, one, believed and their claims taken seriously. But then, again, in our country, we don't have a way to remedy that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. So even rapists who go to prison... What workshops what rehab what whatever what are they getting when they are in the system nothing right we don't have we don't have any means for both way for both parties to be able to to feel to 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 learn to feel liberated to get healed what have you on both sides in order to move past this and so I feel like that's a bigger issue that that right. we just don't I don't I don't know where that begins I don't know how we do that right and
1: that's all and that makes me think about the importance of isolating race when we're talking about this issue because that I can tell you for the way that um white women's issues look in terms of gender and sexuality they, they look different for us mm-hmm. and so we would want to ask we would we ask those questions we want to know once you are in the t- you know in the system specifically being as though the criminal justice system disproportionately targets men of color right we want to know what comes out of that you know throwing you away and locking and throwing you away and, and locking you up yeah. and throwing away the key right is not you know there's something there that we did that, that just don't sit right for right. us because we are black women because that's what black women. because we be.
0: understand this we we know people who could be in the system right. that's what and we do. we yeah. have family we have friends yeah. that are in the system yeah. and, and
1: that sort of thing i do yeah we all do right so That's what makes it, um, that's what makes the, um, you know, that's why it's so important for us to deal with our stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And and it's important. I mean, this is just overhaul of everything and I'm not going to claim to be the expert. I'm claiming to say like, this is my way of saying that, listen, like, this is how I think we can start gnawing away at the system is by not showing up for already rich people to make them richer, not- supporting them until they're able to acknowledge the fault of their ways and lastly um this website that i that i frequent a lot for harriet the founder of that website Mm -hmm. she made a video saying that you know like same kind of thing like i'm not supporting him with my money but again you know go ahead and go ahead and see the movie if that's what you choose to do um, but she said something that she noticed that hasn't happened with Nate Parker is something called restorative justice, where people make amends with the um, groups of people that they've hurt or offended and try to like mm-hmm. do things with that community or in place of that community to just show their amends, mm-hmm. to show that they're sorry and that they're working through it and that they're learning. And she was like, he's not... He's not doing that. He's doing not that. going to do that. He said like I haven't even thought about that situation since 1999. I haven't even tried to. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, whatever. But that I think that's what's missing. It's the empathy, it's the restorative justice, mm-hmm. it's the just, uh, just, uh, just, just, just—it's <laughs> just all of the things that are lacking with Nate Parker, and I, I wish, I wish him the best in the future.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just, it's, it's important to name.
0: We, we have issues. Yeah,
1: and it's important. It, it is important and and crucial to name. Yeah, to name it. Right. Um, because when you don't name it, it yeah, be, it, it becomes insidious. Um, Oof. so I, I would highly recommend Nate Parker getting in touch with women like me. Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> I'll so sit I'll sit them down. I'll somebody, be like, bruh. Mm-hmm. mm You
1: know? mm Who are you accountable
0: to? <laughs> <Nate>? <laughs> Come on, Nate. Um, th- thanks for the romance movies, Nate. You did a good job of <laughs> great debate. Alright, so next person I have on my list is Mr. Donald Trump. <sighs> okay, you're sil- you're silent, Brittany. You're silent. Okay. Um <laughs> Donald yeah. Donald Trump, who recently came out um talking about Whatever. It's not even recent because I'm I'm tired of people acting like this is the first time Donald Trump has ever said anything egregious or ridiculous. So in particular, the biggest thing that's come out that made people just now, we're now swearing off Donald Trump, we're now telling him to get off and find somebody else is when he made the comment about grabbing pussies and being famous and you could do anything you want to women when you're famous And folks like I think McCain have come out and been like, that's not okay, man, you need to take a back seat. And so Donald (laughs) Donald Trump has apologized by saying that, you know, something around like my locker room. I'm sorry that my locker room banter and a private conversation came out. I apologize if anybody was offended. So we know that wasn't a real apology. Mm-hmm. So Donald Trump, what do you think? And oh, sorry, there's another piece of this. The locker room banter is now what's getting it's, it's now it's now getting folks riled up because now you have a lot of athletes who are coming out and saying, "That's not how we talk in the locker room." <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about this whole ordeal? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think that um, you know
1: with with Donald Trump. You know, he Donald Trump is what I like to describe him is the the overt racist, right? Where he says things and sexist where he just yeah. says things it doesn't matter where he is. He's just his his money him being rich has just, has, he's been rewarded. Yeah. He's been rewarded for being who he is. Yeah. And he says, you know, he says what he wants to say and he doesn't, you know, doesn't care about what people have to say. My pushback that I give to the athletes that have come out recently about, uh, come out recently saying that, you know, they don't talk like that in mm. the locker room.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it, come on now, take your
1: time. <laughs> It, it makes me ask a question and said, okay, so if this is not if he, you have not had these conversations in the locker room um, not necessarily are these conversations happening elsewhere? Mm. Mm. And if they are happening elsewhere because the locker room is not the issue. Right. It doesn't matter where the conversations are happening. That's true. Are you standing up and are you telling your friends Come on. Come on, take your time. That they don't need to they need to stop this behavior, need to stop this language, and you need to respect women's bodies. Right. That is what's the most important thing is in terms of that. So like, all the athletes that want to come out and you know, they don't wanna you know they, they don't wanna be associated with Donald Trump, you know, because it's a it's a good you know, I feel like it's a good look. Where were you? Where have you been? Come on. Because women, black women specifically have been talking about these issues for a really long time, and it should not have taken Donald Trump for him to go there in order for athletes to come out, um, you know, because rape culture is is present in the, um, in the entertainment right. entertainment industry. Why did it take Donald Trump for him to say what he said? the most important thing is, are you, it's something that's called bystander intervention, where you are checking right. your social circles right. about who what they think and what they're saying about and how they're treating women yeah. in their lives. Right. That is what's most important.
0: See, the thing about athletes, though, that get me, and, <laughs> you know, of course we got to preface it with not all athletes. I, I, I got it, y'all. The thing is, y'all have time to make tweets now, but where were y'all with the with, uh Ray Rice calling him out on your Twitter? Where were y'all with all your other colleagues out here who were acting a damn fool in these streets abusing people, um raping three people at the same like there's just so many things that have happened beating people up that y'all haven't said anything to and now when donald trump when it's because it's Donald Trump and he's saying something, y'all are just like uh-uh-uh." Uh-uh. Uh-uh, let me tell you what you're not gonna do. You're not about to drag my name and it's like y'all been dragging yourself, like y'all have been dragging yourselves by not saying anything. And I know athletes who've said, Oh yeah, there are a few dudes or like you have that one hyper masculine, I'm running everything. Dude in the locker room. Who does say this stuff? And for fear of being ostracized, for fear of you know being called names, they don't. Other people, the bystanders, don't say anything. And I understand your safety comes first. But again, like you're saying, when you're out, when you're out here hanging out with your boys, and when you're out here and your boy keeps insisting on trying to holler at the girl in the dark alley, trying to walk to her car and mind her own business, where are you to be like, hey man, that stop? Like you, mm-hmm. you're really scaring her. When my personal favorite, whenever I go out to the bar, you got the you got the arm grab and the the hip touch. Excuse, excuse me, excuse me. Mm-hmm. You're t- you're touching my body without my permission. Where's your boys then? When you, I keep telling you, no, I don't want to give you my number. Where are y'all then? Like, don't speak up because damn Donald Trump, who's embarrassing the hell out of America, mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody. Even though he's been saying these things. Just because it's now it's now it's attached to Donald Trump, that's when people are speaking up, and I'm I'm glad they're speaking up now. But it's like okay, right, right. Where were, you, where were y'all?
1: Right. It's, <laughs> yeah. Where were you? That's the first thing that I think of. Where were you when um, when when Anita Hill right. came out? Oh God. Where were you for Marissa <laughs> Alexander? <laughs> Google these. Google these you just go straight, scholar. <laughs> are these black women who've been talking about these issues right. and, and countless others since forever. Right. Like, what about trans women? Right. Right. Where, where are you on these issues when Donald? When 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 Donald? You know, yeah. Like Donald Trump is not on the chopping block.
0: Right. I think the other thing with Donald Trump is that and his whole party, which kinds, of, which makes it kind of hilarious, is that he's been talking about Rosie O'Donnell, women's looks, his daughter's looks. And people have been laughing. And now it's like, a you know, this woman is important as well, but it's an, a no-name soap opera actress who he says this stuff to and about. And it's like, wait, where were y'all then? Y'all didn't care not one ounce of women's rights when you keep trying to take away people's abortion rights, people's just overall rights, like women's rights. You want to you wanna chop those down, but now it's like, oh, wait, he said what? He said pusses! Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh no! Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he had to, he had to say those words in that sentence for y'all to understand that this man has never respected women since the day he announced his. Like he's been doing this for years, but like the day he announced his presidency, that's it. Y'all just never thought it's it's, mm-hmm. it's, embar- it's just straight up embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: and it, it, it also too makes you, um, you know, you when. Talking about Donald Trump, yeah, you have to also um, pay attention to who he's talking about, yeah, and how, um, you know, how this issue, this this language that he's been using and who's it been associated, yeah. it's been associated mm-hmm. with. He's talking about it took for him to dehumanize and degrade a white woman in order for these issue, in order for there to be some type of of an outrage. And the only reason why there are people that are coming out now, or you know, um, there are yeah. politicians coming out now talking about him, um, and, and it is because they know, in my opinion personally, is that he is that he can't is because he can't win. Yeah. Not because they care about women's autonomy.
0: Yeah. Because they clearly haven't clearly. in years. Right. All of your damn bills that you've been putting out. Right. Your pra- yeah. The practices.
1: Uh, practices. And policies that have discriminated against women for for years and yeah. years and years. So you don't need you don't need to. I mean, when you think about politicians and 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 compressing Donald Trump, t- in my opinion, that's why they
0: don't like him because they're just outing everything that
1: they already say behind closed doors. And, right.
0: <laughs> Donald was like, "Wait a second, y'all y'all want you didn't want me to say that?" Yeah. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. I thought we were all on the same. That's the thing. Like, there's a cohort. There, there's even a. Not just cohort, but even Donald's circle. That's been like, come on, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the clip that came out, Billy Bush or whatever the hell his name is, just say, just egg him on. Like he wasn't like, hey, man, let's just let's just sit here and be quiet or not talk like this. Until it's time for you to go on. So that, you're so, that's such a good uh, insight. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. They've been talking like this. They've
1: been talking about And it this wasn't
0: until thing. he got, quote unquote, caught, which he's clearly not embarrassed by. Right. It. Right. This is just, this is him. Right. This is him. And he's been show. When a person says something, listen, like, words mean things. Right. Like, you weren't listening to him before.
1: Right. right, and not even just on this issue, but just other, other. Um, you know, if anyone watched the debates, the way yeah. he talks about. The blacks? The blacks. <laughs> in urban, you know, that, that term he's been using, and it's just it's just like, do you know that this is exactly how they talk behind <laughs> those doors? And that everyone's just in outrage by him oh, because man. He her, he put, he's spilling everybody by tea.
0: And he is not mad. He was like, let me tell you something. I'm about to go back to my hotel with my name on it about to keep collecting these checks, and I'm about to mind my business. Mm-hmm. Like, he does <laughs> You know what? Car- carry on. Carry on, Donald mm-hmm. Trump. We want you to keep saying <laughs> the wrong things out here so that everyone can keep on... Ma- and that's the thing. It's sad to say, but maybe this is what's bringing things to the light. Maybe this is why we're having these conversations. Maybe this is going to encourage athletes to think because now they don't want their names associated with someone so outrageous. Fine. Mm-hmm. You know what, Donald... Carry on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on that.
0: So, um, so, lastly, the last big sorta-ish story that has been kind of drowned out um, by, like, this Nate Parker story and by this Donald Trump story as well is um, this New York Knicks basketball player, Derek Rose. He's been accused of drugging and... Um, Drugging and raping a woman, and there's not much to this, I mean, there's a lot to the story, but there's not much to say, Uh, but the highlight with Derrick Rose is Derrick saying in his deposition, he was asked by lawyers, do you have an understanding as to the word consent? Rose says, no, but can you tell me, the lawyers asked, I just wanted to know if you had any understanding. He says no. What? (laughs) The NBA ain't got no consent one on one for these people out here. When you about to just be partying and doing all the stuff like mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Just no. And this man is twenty eight years old. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm twenty nine. Twenty eight years old. Mm-hmm. We are clearly grow, growing up in the same era. Mm-hmm. Um, he's being sued by for twenty one point five million. Dollars, um, where he's saying that sex was consensual, even though he doesn't know the definition, mm-hmm. um, and the survivor is saying um, that she was drugged and raped by Rose and I think one or two of his colleagues. So there's that, right?
1: You know <laughs> what he should do is that he should he should really use this Nate Parker example. This birth of a nation case study, he should really, really pay attention to what's happening no. right now because, you know, um, it, it just leaves you speechless because you,
0: you don't have anything to say. Nothing. You ain't, got no, you ain't got nothing? No, but can you tell me? He said. <laughs> can you tell me? You didn't even try to fuzz your way through that. you written in the depth in the papers. Just, can you tell me? Who is he accountable to?
1: <laughs> who, does, who does he feel he's accountable he to? He
0: sure you? as hell ain't accountable to his damn bank account because $21 million ain't um, a, a little check. Right. <laughs> you ain't accountable to no one. And you, ha- you have zero real friends because not one person in your circle was like, hey, man, she might be a little past out. We mm-hmm. shouldn't. Not one of y'all thought this. And this is
1: <laughs> this is a perfect example of what
0: rape, cult, rape culture is. Yeah,
1: not being you know either uneducated on, on the on the issue, not knowing how to how to identify it, mm. um, not know not knowing how to um, provide resources for the person that is uh, being uh, taken advantage of. Mm. Mm. The you know all of these issues it, it is um it's why it's important that that we're talking about it because you know we we want. What, You know, we we don't want people's careers to go down just because we got nothing better else to talk about or nothing to do with our lives. (laughs) That's true. It's because we care, you know, and, um, you know, we need to just give the same amount of attention uh, to these issues when you're talking about rape culture as as anything else. Right. Um, so I highly, he did, you know, this Nate Parker and Breath of a Nation, um, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's, mm-hmm. it is a case study. Yeah. Oh boy. It is a case study. Oh man. And, 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 take, you know, notes from that. So he hopefully, um, you know, because it, you're not, you're not going to win. You're not going to win in these, in, in this. Not,
0: not with the petty black, um, uh, feminists right. hanging around on these Twitter on streets. Twitter. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I think you bring up a good point. And when it comes to rape culture, I mean, I usually I usually hear and I and I teach young boys as well, and I've and I've had male teachers in the room try to help me frame issues like sexual harassment or issues like consent and rape in a well man, you need to understand she could be somebody's sister or mother mm-hmm. or you know, cousin. And it's like, why can't no I, I see what you're trying to do in framing this, but why do you think it's always framed that as that instead of hey maybe we shouldn't commit these acts because this person is a person and this is not okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Right,
0: being seen
1: as is being seen as isn't as, as a human being. Yeah. Um you know that's what that's what um you know women focusing on women's issues whatever you whatever you want to call it um whether it's feminism or womanism yeah. or empowerment yeah. you know you can come up with whatever name you want to come up with but centering you know focusing on the humanity right of 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 women and understanding how the world has continuously perpetuated um you know anti just as just anti woman yeah. you know to women women and children i you know think have seen you know are are the first of the are the most vulnerable um given giving systems and and we can you know we might and i have a whole lot of time to talk about that now but talking yeah. about how colonialism mm,
0: okay. has shaped Brittany, we ain't got time. Yeah,
1: I know, <laughs> I know. But you know, shape how how that uh, contributes to um, these is- our our issues culturally, yeah, and that sort of
0: thing. I hey, I I mean, you know, I want to hear, it, but I got to have <laughs> you on for another show because we got you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess, lastly, my question to tie you know all three of our case studies up is, and it's something that you've brought up. Um, in our conversation just about how we can be better advocates besides you know of course you know we're talking about it Um, we are bringing the issues to light but how do you think we could be better advocates um, for those experiencing or who have experienced rape or street harassment sexual assault etc. I think
1: there's a couple a couple of ways that we all can do that together. one, I would see i would say being living in Baltimore um making sure that we are throwing um we're giving uh black or women of color mm-hmm. um just black and brown people visibility in in talking about these issues because it's so different. Um, it, it, you know, we, there are a lot of intersections, especially with race, um, and it comes to talking about these things. So making sure that we're supporting each other Mm -hmm. we're supporting our, um, our advocates who are out here talking about these issues, supporting, supporting people like you in the show and, and giving that visibility um, so that you can continue doing doing what you're doing, it's important for you to be doing this and you're being you being a black woman. I tend, I'm telling you that as somebody who's been doing this right. for a little bit now, you know, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. So so supporting each other, supporting yeah. um, women who are doing this work in your com- in your community. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, bystander intervention. What I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, check your homeboys. Yeah. Tell them. You know, let them know that the way that they view women um, is it's not okay. And if um, you know you don't have to have all the answers, if you don't know the answer yep. to how to deal with this stuff, that's why we're here. Yeah. come to ask questions, um, show up. Yeah, um, you know, and and so that you can learn and be more educated and help educate your family, your friends, and other folks on on these issues. Definitely. Um, the third thing I would say is making sure that uh, Black women are at the table. If you are making decisions if you are in a group or an organization um, you know and if you are doing some type of collective action on something, whether it be through public policy, um, you know even if it's in an activity such as protesting mm-hmm. or et cetera whatever 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 kind of action you want to take on the issue, make sure that you have uh, the people who are affected yeah. at the table, yeah, because speaking on behalf of communities, we black people we know, we know this well, mm-hmm. where you have other people speaking on behalf of your issues and not even giving you the mic. You're right. You're right to talk about your issues. So make sure that you make sure that your decision making is being influenced by the people who are being most impacted by the issue at hand.
0: And I think an event um, that I saw this summer was having a town hall for those who are survivors of rape sexual assault sexual harassment to like you're saying mm-hmm. come to the table speak about their experiences because I know when we had this whole street harassment thing that came out like mm-hmm. in 2015 yeah. you had people that were like what's wrong with this i'm trying to tell you you're beautiful i'm trying to i'm trying to show you you're attractive and it's like you're not you're not hearing me though like mm-hmm. i'm telling you that's not okay and so i i totally agree with you having the spaces um, where folks can just openly share their stories and tell their stories is so important because we're not we're not here. We're, it's like we of course we hear things, especially as women, mm-hmm. we'll be like, "Girl, let me tell you what happened." Mm-hmm. As I was walking into work, that one block walk mm-hmm. as I was coming into work, mm-hmm. we hear each other's stories. We know, but mm-hmm. like you're saying, for guys who may not know. I know I've shared my stories with guys and they're like, wait, that happens? Yes, your homeboys do like to talk to people in the dark alley as they're trying to get to their cars and like to try, try and grab them by the arm. That's not okay. So mm-hmm. next time you see that you're around that or your homeboy tries to tell you that, you got to check them on it. And I know it's hard mm-hmm. being the outside person or trying to be the person that's like trying to stand up, but it's all in the day's work. We got to do this, in, or I feel like we got to do this in order to move forward. Right. Yeah. yeah. We just have to, we just have to be honest.
1: Yeah. We got to be honest and we got to be willing to hold ourselves accountable. Um, because we're right. all we are, we, we are who we got. Right. Um, and if we're talking, you know, if you're connecting this to black lives matter yeah. and you know, all these different movements that's happening, we're not going to get, our, we're not going to get there any other way, any other way. I can tell you mm. it is it is hard. Um, i found it difficult, you know, it's not easy work trying to, um, the, the hard work is talking to men
0: and getting other men to talk to men mm-hmm. about these issues. Mm-hmm. But it must be done. It has to. It gotta be done. It has to. And, you know, like you were saying, hold yourselves accountable for, in, like, just slightly going back to the Nate Parker thing, and just those who have committed acts of rape and not have not known or sexual harassment and might not have known in the moment, being able to say, hey okay, this continual thing keeps happening, or I did this thing, being able to acknowledge that and all of us trying to help seek the resources needed. And like I said, that system is not perfect because we don't know how to accept both survivor stories and people who have committed the crimes who are willing to come forward and acknowledge what they've done. We still have so much work to do on that. And I'm of course interested in trying to understand and see how we can make that happen. Um, but yeah, coming forward and understanding and being committed to not doing that again, having the empathy and just being open. So
1: right, yeah. yeah. I mean, not not uh, resisting against the status quo. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do. In the just, you know, you we we have always done that. Our yeah. people have always done
0: that. Yeah, and we must do it for this yeah. too. Oof. All right. And so with that, <laughs> Brittany, I really, really, really appreciated you being here with me. We had a great conversation. I can't wait to continue talking. We got colonialism on the next, <laughs> on the uh, coming up next. So I really appreciate that. But I want to know where can listeners find you? How can you get in touch with you? How can we support the work where you, that you're doing? Do you have any upcoming events coming up?
1: Yeah, so you, so the quickest way that you can get in touch with me is you can go to my website. Um it is brittneytoliver.com. Um, and you can look in there to see uh, events that I am that I am working on, um, and being and being able to follow me on social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I am looking to be, you know, especially being connected and wanting to talk more about these issues with yeah. people who look like me. Yeah. So please get in get in touch with me. Get in touch with Vanessa. Yeah. We're here. Yeah. Um, and there are there are a couple of projects that i'm that I'm working on that specifically addresses women of color as well um so I got a lot of great things coming up and um and this you know this is going to be my commitment to this issue
0: so, yay yeah. well we're super excited that you're doing the work we're excited that your commitment um and that's it. I appreciate you being here with me. I appreciate you being here with us and talking about such an important issue so If you loved what you heard, I want you to download, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And if you have any show recommendations Or if you want to hear something or know somebody that would be great on the podcast, shoot me an email at Badgesteam at gmail.com or visit the website at www.badgesteam.com. I will see you in two weeks. Bye, everyone.